Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Before we get started, a bit of bad news in the hockey world that we learned earlier this morning. Henri Richard passed away at the age of 84. The pocket rocket, he was the brother of Maurice Richard, although they were 15 years apart. They did overlap with their careers. They got to play briefly together. But 11 Stanley Cups, just an unbelievable career. It's probably so difficult to be overshadowed by your brother when you win 11 straight 11 Stanley Cups in your career but that's kind of the case with the great Maurice Richard in Montreal but Henri really made a name for himself was a part of those dominating teams in the 60s and 70s with the Canadians he had been ill for a while he passes away today at the age of 84 but just an amazing hockey family and just an amazing history check it out if you get a chance and just read up on him um what it was like to come up when his brother was starting towards the end of his career, and then Henri came in, and then he kind of took over the team once his brother retired, I believe at the end of the 1961 season, and then he just took over from there and just had that dominating presence, even though he was much smaller than his brother, and that's why he was the pocket rocket, not just because of the fact that he was the Rockets' younger brother, but also kind of diminutive in size compared to his brother. But just an amazing career and an amazing life that came to an end today at the age of 84. And I also wanted to mention, we talked about this before, but Leah Leah Hextall could not be on with us on Wednesday because she was preparing for the game she's going to do on Sunday, Vegas versus Calgary. That's going to be a big game out west, and it's um, an important day. Um, for the National Hockey League, certainly in um, appreciation of women in the sport. And it's going to be unprecedented on Sportsnet on Sunday. An entire female group uh, will be doing the game as uh, Leah will have play-by-play. She'll have a female commentator, all the producers, directors, all a female staff for the first time in the history of Sportsnet. So congratulations to Leah on this amazing opportunity. And I retweeted an article uh, that she wrote about just how passionate she is about the sport and how groundbreaking this moment is for her, and she really does appreciate it. And we'll probably hear more about this coming up Wednesday when we have her on Game Misconduct for a weekly spot coming up next week. But I wanted to give you a heads up so that you can appreciate it and get a chance to watch it Sunday. It'll be on you know, the NHL Sunday ticket, and I'm uh, sure you'll be able to find it somewhere online as well, even after the fact. And I'm sure she'll do a terrific job, and we'll recap that coming up on uh, Wednesday when she joins us for her weekly spot, as she does every Wednesday here on game misconduct so where do we begin if we're going to recap games from last night where do you think we should start Panarin with the puck once again for the Rangers out to D'Angelo straight away D'Angelo for Panarin left circle shot score Zabanajad in front they have gotten a piece of it it's a power play goal we are tied at one Fox with the puck for the Rangers along the blue line to the far circle shot score Zabanajad again his second of the game, 35th of the season, fifth goal in the last three games. Third period is underway. Samson off to our left. Butchnevich out in front. Score! Patrick Zabanajad! 12 seconds into the third period. Mika Zabanajad with his third goal of the night. Taco down the left wing. Big drive. Stop. Rebound. Score! Zabanajad! His fourth of the night! 
And Aaron up the middle to Manichat. Here he comes. Moving in. He deeks. He scores. His fifth of the game. Tying a Ranger record. Rangers win 6-5. Unbelievable. Wow. That's the great Kenny Albert. Repeats Demkowski last night right here. On our station, 9870 ESPN New York, as the Rangers beat the Capitals in overtime 6-5 to on a special night for Mika Zibanejad. Five goals becomes just the third Ranger ever to score five goals in a game. It was done back in October of 1976 by Don Murdoch. It was done again by Mark Pavlich in 1983 on February 23rd. So it had not happened since 1983 Five goals in one game. Now is 38 on the season. Just an unbelievable performance in an unbelievable game. I was there doing the pre and post. And first of all, the back and forth was incredible. Capitals jumped out to a one to nothing lead in this one on a Carl Haglin goal, the former Ranger. Rangers then had leads of two to one, three to two, four to three, five to four. Couldn't find a way to be able to hold on to the leads every single time after the Capitals had taken the lead uh, early when the Rangers would go up on top on the uh, back-to-back uh, goals by Zibanejad, one midway through the first period, the other early in the second period. The Capitals always had an answer to come back. Alexander Ovechkin gets a couple of goals. Artemi Panarin, three assists. He becomes just the ninth Ranger to eclipse the 60-assist mark in one season and became the first left-winger ever to do it, joining some names like Leach and Zuboff and Yager. Um, some of the biggest names in Rangers history, Rattel, Gilbert. So he joins a, a finite group of Rangers. So that happened. But just incredible finish to the game as well. Zabanajad gets what he thinks is going to be the game winning goal to make it a, a four uh, to three game or five to four game, excuse me, scores on the power play 18 18 the time into the third period. So you're thinking there it's over. The Rangers get a huge win in regulation. But Ovechkin gets his second, his 47th of the year at 1917 to force overtime when a lot of people of the Garden were thinking, okay, maybe Zabanajad can get that fifth goal into the empty net. But the Capitals really pressured and Ovechkin finds the back of the net to tie it. And then you get to overtime, and it took exactly 33 seconds for Panarin to find Zabanajad for the game winner. And it's just been, you know, an unbelievable run for Zabanajad. He's got 38 goals, and he missed 13 games this season because of injury, if you remember earlier in the year. And with 15 games remaining, there's a very good chance that he'd become just the fourth Ranger ever to score 50 goals joining um, Vic Hatfield. Adam Graves and Yarmir Yager, and he could be on his way to doing that. He's going to have to stay hot, but you know certainly he's capable of doing that, and I think would have gotten to 50 if he does come up short. He had not missed those 13 games earlier in the season, and it's a huge win for the Rangers because now they're just two back of the New York Islanders for that final playoff spot. So just a magical night at Madison Square Garden. We want you to play uh, to hear the goals from Kenny Albert, who did a tremendous job. So now the Rangers 36-27-4, and 76 points, and they are right now just two points back of the Islanders for the final playoff spot. The Islanders do have a game in hand, but the Islanders are scratching their head right now. Five consecutive losses, 0-3-2 in their last five. They lose in Ottawa to the Senators, a Senators team with just uh, a grand total of 60 points on the year. So the Islanders, 18 points, 20 going into the game against Ottawa. And the Islanders lose in regulation. And the Islanders will have a game at the Coliseum tomorrow against the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes lost to Philadelphia. We'll get to the Flyers in just a second. So the Rangers leapfrog over Carolina. Only have the Islanders right now to worry about with their 15 games remaining. But with 
Uh, the uh, victory, the loss for Carolina, you know, they're going to be desperate in that game coming up Saturday afternoon at the Coliseum. And then the Islanders embark on the Western Canadian trip where they've got to play Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. That's tough, even for teams that are playing very well. So the Islanders have to be careful. And one of the things that kind of disturbed me a little bit uh, in the postgame show, and and listen, this could just be um, players speak we do hear this quite a bit during the uh, course of uh, every every season, it seems like, when players are kind of scratching their head exactly why uh, the team is struggling. But here's, here's a quote from um, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. It's disappointing to lose this one. We need all the points right now. We've got to find our game as fast as we can. I think we need more urgency in our games. So we're going to go back to New York, refocus, and get back at it. I mean, it's desperation time right now. More urgency? I mean, you came into this game holding the last playoff spot. You know, this was a team that was in striking distance of maybe getting home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, this skid's really hurt. And you're not playing with a sense of urgency? Uh, that that's a problem, and again, that's sometimes players speak. That said, because you never want to admit that um, a team is better than you, or just that uh, for whatever reason you didn't play well. It's always easier to kind of fall on that sort of well, we just weren't focused enough. We didn't want it as much. You know, a sense of urgency. You're getting down to the end of the season here, and if this slips away and they miss the playoffs, everything they built. From last year, being able to go to the second round, all the goodwill when it was announced last week that all their games next year are going to be at the Coliseum, all their games in the postseason are going to be at the Coliseum, and how would that look if this team ends up missing the postseason, which is certainly a reality. I think they're better than this, and I think they'll find their groove, and I think they will get into the playoffs, but right now... If the Rangers end up going on a spurt here because of that win last night, uh, Florida did earn a point against Boston, so they're still very much in contention. But if you're not winning games, it's going to be very easy to get caught. So I was a little surprised by uh, Pajot, who's a new member of that team. That was a nice trade that the Islanders made at the deadline to get him. He's made contributions immediately to the team, but you know, needing to play with a sense of urgency when you're down to your final 16 games of the season and your playoff hopes are going by the board, um, you would like to hear something different from a veteran player, especially somebody that was acquired for the stretch run, for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh doubles up the Buffalo Sabres 4-2, to two, so Pittsburgh now with a couple of wins in a row after their six game losing streak lightning no surprise cruise past the canadians uh four to nothing we mentioned the bruins getting the win over the panthers two to one florida does earn a point so they kind of hang in there philadelphia has now won eight in a row they beat the hurricanes four to one so a rolling of the dice by elaine vigneault right he starts starts brian elliott against the washington capitals on the road on wednesday gets the win and then he's able um to go with carter hart uh, in the game last night, and that comes up big as well as they're able to get the victory. So good job out of uh, Hart, who made 28 saves in the victory. Provorov with two more goals. He has been tremendous for the Philadelphia Flyers, who right now are starting to get the conversation as being that best team in the Metropolitan Division. Flat-footed tie now with the Washington Capitals. Both teams with 40 wins, both teams with 87 points. So Philadelphia has been hot. Predators shut out the Stars 2 nothing. That's a huge win for now. 
Nashville um, as they get a little bit of revenge after what happened in the Winter Classic. Soros ends up getting the shutout there. Uh, Forsberg with a big goal. Blackhawks trying to stay alive. They hold off a late surge by Edmonton. They got a 4-1 to lead. Edmonton comes back with a couple of goals late in this one from Archibald and Yagatomoto as Dreisaitl continues with uh, his amazing run, too. Gets a, a couple of points on the night, but Chicago gets the victory. Kane with his 20th uh, of the season, uh, 30th of the season, um, and um, DeBrickett gets a couple of goals as well as he's got 17 and 18 on the year as Chicago keeps their slim playoff hopes alive. Uh, the Maple Leafs earn a point, but they lose in uh, the shootout to the Los Angeles Kings one to nothing. I watched a lot of this game when I got home from the Rangers contest, and boy, just great goaltending, great opportunities on both sides. It was a fun game. Uh, Jonathan Quick ends up making 36 saves to earn the shutout. Uh, Anderson gets a shutout as well, even though he lost the game. But if you shut a team out going into the shootout, regardless of the final, you still get the sh- uh, the uh, victory as the only goals came in of the shootout as Toronto does earn a point, which I think is good. But give the Los Angeles Kings credit. They've won five in a row now, playing some very good hockey in the wild. Keep their playoff hopes alive as well as they go to San Jose and they beat the San Jose Sharks as Zach Parisi scores for the fourth consecutive game. So he's feeling a resurgence. Looked like he was going to be an Islander. And then he gets hot um, now that he is going to stay with the Minnesota Wild. So you look at the standings in the Western Conference right now. Uh, the Minnesota Wild jump into the first wild card position now at 75 points, courtesy of their back-to-back wins and have won seven of their last ten. Vancouver's got the last playoff spot with 74. But Nashville's right there as well with 74 points. However, Vancouver does have a game in hand and they do have um, the one more victory which um, is big for them. And Winnipeg is still alive as well with 74 points. Arizona with 74 points, but the Jets and the Coyotes have played 68 games. Chicago's got 70 points, so they're four points out of a playoff spot, and they have one more game played than Vancouver, but they do have a game in hand on both Arizona and Winnipeg. So Chicago still very much alive. And as we mentioned, the Rangers now just two points out of a playoff spot with the Islanders. Carolina sits just three back as well with a game in hand. So that's a huge game on Saturday afternoon. If the Hurricanes can win that game in regulation, Carolina would find themselves just a point back of the Islanders and still have a game in hand. And as I mentioned, the Islanders going out west. So the Islanders are in a lot of trouble. That is a huge game, 1 o'clock at the Nassau Coliseum. Toronto gets that point, so they've got 79. They're trying to hold off Florida with 74. Florida does have a game in hand. So Florida not only can make the wild card, they can jump up to third in the Atlantic Division if they win that game in hand they would be only three points back of Toronto so that could be big and they do play each other at the end of the season as well so things still very much alive in both conferences should be a a tremendous amount of fun going down the stretch in the final month of the season season ends on April 4th today is March 6th so we're less than a month away from this whole thing uh, coming to an end so it's going to go right down to the wire there's no question Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5 I think we're going to put this team in the top five for the first time this year. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? They're ninth in the league, but they're in first in the Pacific Division. 82 points. They've won nine of their last ten. They've been outstanding at home at 22-11-4. So Vegas is getting hot. Max Pacioretty's been good for them. Uh, they made some tweaks to the lineup, and I think it's really shown. And I think Pete DeBoer deserves a lot of credit as well. Didn't happen right away.
right away after Gerard Gallant got let go. But I think this has been a tremendous run now for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I think they deserve to be, for the first time, I believe, this year in the top five position. Number four. I think you've got to really take a good look at Colorado. Colorado lost in overtime the other night, but they have, they're seven, one, and two in their last ten games. They're finally healthy. And how about this? 23, nine, and two on the road which is just incredible how well this team has played on the road. That's the most wins in the NHL on the road by a lot. You know, they've got well, actually not a lot. Washington's got 22, but still in the uh, Western Conference, they've got 23 wins on the road. You take a look at who else is even close in the Western Conference, Edmonton with 20. So Colorado's been good, plus 49 goal differential is third best in the league. I slide them in right now at number four. Number three, Philadelphia Flyers, eight consecutive wins, unstoppable at home at 24-5-4. and four. Uh, They have just been on an incredible run here that I don't think is any kind of fluke. Uh, we talked about it uh, last week that their blue line is really emerging to where it's become solid, good, young guys on the blue line. Myers is good. Sanheim is good. Provorov is contributing with a ton of goals. Carter Hart is as legit a goaltender that this franchise has had since Ron Hextall. Tremendous team right now. A lot of firepower. I could slide them in at number three for the week. Number two. Taking a look at those St. Louis Blues, eight consecutive wins, plus 31 goal differential. They've been unbelievable at home as well, a 23-6-5. And And how about this bit of good news, as it looks like Tarasenko is progressing nicely, so he should be ready for the postseason. So just think about that if you're a Blues fan, that this team might find themselves into the playoffs and then, oh, by the way, add their best player, or at least one of their two best players on the roster to that playoff team. That is going to be very, very dangerous as they try to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Number one. Still the best team in the league to me. They've got 98 points. That's eight more than St. Louis, who's in second place. They've quietly won four in a row as well. And how about this for balance? 22 wins at home, 21 on the road, and they have won eight of their last 10. They, they're well-rounded as well. If it's not Barshot, it's, it's, um, it's Bergeron. If it's not Bergeron, it's Pasternak. If it's Pasternak, it's DeBrusque. And the goaltending has been solid. This is, and now you see McAvoy starting to get together, uh, his offensive game as he's scored, uh, now five goals on the season after not scoring for a good portion of the first half of the season. So Boston is as well-rounded a team as there is in the league. 43, 13, and 12. And I've got them at number one in the NHL this week. All right, let's get to your tweets at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Tom says, what a roller coaster this season has been for the Blackhawks. Four wins in a row and facing Detroit tonight. While I agree with you that if they make it to the playoffs, they likely won't go far, but seeing the players not quitting makes me happy. Well, listen, they're still very much about their future. And I was, I was agreeing that they weren't going to be trying to make a run by making deals at the, at the deadline to sacrifice their future. But they're in, in a lot of ways, like the Rangers, they can look at making the playoffs as gravy and they've got a chance to do it. There's still a lot of good players on this team, but for the young kids to grow and to see, um, what Kubalik has been able to do, uh, DeBrickat was been able to do, uh, this is a nice Chicago team and it's been a roller coaster ride. I think they'll come up short, but they're going to at least make things very interesting down the stretch of the season. Tim says, I say this as a Ranger fan. Philly is legit. Any team playing them needs to respect them as their opponent or they will get embarrassed. This is the best they've ever looked. 
they are comparable to Boston, probably better. Do you agree? I'm not sure if they're better than Boston because, again, they've gotten into this position winning eight consecutive games. So for a good portion of the season, they've been a little behind. But I'm with you that they are very much in the conversation with Washington and um, Pittsburgh. They could be the best team in the Metropolitan Division, and I would not want to have to face them uh, in the postseason. So time will tell, and that would be great if they met Boston because then that would mean they'd be in the conference final for the first time in a while. But uh, let's wait and see if we're going to be comparing them to the Blues and to the Bruins of the elite teams in the league. But I think they're right there for their division, and they deserve it. 87 points, eight straight wins. It's been a lot of fun to watch them uh, over the last week or so. Courtney says, hi, Don. What a game last night between the Rangers and Caps. If the Rangers do make the playoffs, who is your heart candidate, Mika or um, or Panarin? Both are playing out of their minds, and I don't think they would be where they are without them. I say Mika because he does it all. Well, it's great. I mean, I, I was thinking about it watching the game. Like, one minute you're saying, well, look, I think Mika's the best player on this team. And then you see, oh, by the way, Panarin is making assists to making players around him better, and he's got 93 points. But the reason he's got more points than Mika is because Mika missed 13 games. Um, and the only thing that Panarin's really had to suffer with is the injuries, that shoulder, uh, where he missed um, the All-Star game and I think a game before and a game after, just a handful of games that he's missed so far this year. It's a great conversation to have, Courtney, right? And it's a great position to be in if you're the Rangers to be able to argue who their best player is. And I, I think who the next captain is going to be now is starting to emerge. Could Mika steal it away from Chris Kreider? I still go with Panarin because I think he does a better job of making players around him better. I mean, the guy's got, what, 63 assists as a, as a winger. It's, it's, it's incredible. But you know what? It's a healthy conversation to have, and it's all good news uh, for the New York Rangers for sure. Uh, Forever TH says, great goalie battle between Anderson and Quick last night in L.A. Question is, since you're done announcing, is there any memorable game that come to mind where both goaltendings were standing on their head, and do you enjoy calling those kinds of games? Absolutely. One of my best memories of calling a game was a few years ago where the Rangers beat the Blackhawks one nothing in Chicago on a Derek Broussard goal, and both gold. I think it was Darling was going for the um, the, the Blackhawks, and it was Ronta going for the Rangers, so it was a battle of backups. And both of them made 30-plus saves, some unbelievable, astounding saves, and then I got to call the game winner in overtime. That's one that jumps to mind that I got a chance to call probably about five, six years ago in Chicago's United Center, which really added to the ambiance of it because that's one of the best buildings in the league. The other one was a game that I wasn't calling, but I was doing the the hosting, was a uh, Devil Ranger game between Lundquist and Brodeur that eventually was won by the Devils in a shootout one nothing. But the game was scoreless through the 60 minutes and 65 minutes. Both goaltenders stood on their head. And then as a fan, I remember a one nothing, a scoreless tie um, between Dominic Hasek and Martin Brodeur, Devils and the Sabres. And the cute thing about that is both goaltenders like to save their um, their pucks when they got shutouts. And since they both played to a scoreless tie and they both liked to keep the game puck, they actually sawed it in half, from what I remember. This is going back uh, to the mid-90s, but those are some of the ones I remember as uh, as a play-by-play guy, as a host, and and just as a fan. Uh, Richie Rich 2018 says, Hey, Don, if the Rangers can squeak into the playoffs in the second wild-card spot, can you see them making any noise like the eight-seed Los Angeles Kings? That's a great, great question. Um 
You would have to match up, obviously, with Boston, it looks like, if that turns out to be the case. And they've always played very hard against Boston. The last time they played was a 3-1 victory for the Bruins, and I don't think the Rangers played all that great. It's possible. They always seem to play the Bruins tough, and they always seem to be one-goal games. So I wouldn't rule anything out, especially if this team plays out of their minds down the stretch of the season. You'll start to be reminded of that 2012 Kings team. Remember that 2012 Kings team was an 8 seed, but they were clearly the best team in the month of March into April going into the playoffs, and that kind of skewed things just a little bit. Uh, Pete says, your call of the Rangers' overtime win at Nassau Coliseum was epic. You are reaching new heights with Stemmer riding shotgun. How about a Ranger Islander series in 2020? Logically, would have to be in the conference semis or final, uh, given the probability of 6-8 seeding for both. Well, we've been waiting for it for a long time. Rangers Islanders, it hasn't happened since 1994, and that was a, it feels like a generation ago, and that was a four-game sweep, so it wasn't really even an epic, uh, contest. Hopefully, both these teams can get into the playoffs, and it would be great for them to be able to chance to meet. But we've been all for waiting for that one here uh, in New York. Sam Diaz says, here are my top five teammates since the All-Star game. Tell me if you agree. Number five, Kucherov, Stamkos, obviously before the injury. Number two, he's got um, Malkin and Crosby. Number three, Pasternak and Marchand. Number two, Panarin and Zabanajad. Number one, Drysaddle and McDavid. Yeah, really, if there's anybody that's going to be Panarin and Zabanajad, it's going to be Drysaddle and McDavid. His top five teams, he's got Colorado at five, Vegas at four, Boston at three, St. Louis at two, Philadelphia at one. We have the same five teams, just not in the same order. Uh, Milton says, just subscribe to Game Conduct Podcast. I've been listening uh, to Don LeGreco and Michael Kaysen's 1947. Well, thank you for the pub. We appreciate that. Our resident Flyer fan, Chris, says, hey, Don, could have used a regulation win by the Rangers. It, that's the difference with the tiebreaker, obviously. Um, if they lost the game in regulation, then 86 points, and Philadelphia would have the 87 and have first place. Is last night's game one of the top five most entertaining games you ever called? If so, is it number one? Have a great weekend. Didn't get a chance to call it, but I was talking to people after the game. From a regular season standpoint, it might be right up there as one of the best games that I've ever seen. It, it was really just epic because it had everything last night. You had the five goals uh, by Zabanajad, historic, only a third Ranger to do it. Panarin with the three assists to Clifton 60, only the ninth Ranger ever to do that. Uh, Ovechkin, you know, 705 goals now uh, to be able to get uh, two goals, including the game tire so late. Um, just a lot of great things in the game, and I got a I got a buddy tickets for the game, and he does, he's not a huge hockey fan. He doesn't get to go to a lot of games, and I text him afterwards like, "You're welcome for tickets to maybe the greatest regular season game that you're ever ever going to see." So hopefully he did appreciate that. Uh, Bobby says, "I don't know if this tweet applies to what you do, but what that was my first time jumping up and down after a goal since 2015. I feel revived. Yeah, that was definitely regular season." I mean, listen, the Rangers are very much in the playoff position, but it's not really supposed to be about this year. I mean, just how often, other, rather, rather than other than clinching a playoff berth, can you get that excited over a regular season game? I mean, that's what makes it just so amazing. So, 
All right, that's going to do it for the tweets. We got to a lot of them today. All right, enjoy the weekend. Again, another big weekend. So many important games for both the Eastern Conference teams and Western Conference teams. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun uh, down the stretch of the season. We'll get EJ Raddick back again on Monday. He couldn't be on this past Monday because of the general manager's meeting, so we'll talk to EJ coming up on Monday. You want to get in touch with me over the weekend, best way to do that, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.